Hello and welcome to St. Paul's United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Mike and it's great to have you listening to our sermons. If you do not currently have a church home and you're interested in learning more about St. Paul's, you can find us on our website at www.cherokeemethodist.com. Now today we are continuing our series of Advent sermons, looking at the Christmas story realizing that the Christmas story has a lot of surprises in it. I mean, it's one surprise after another. Some surprises are good. Some surprises, especially from a human perspective, not so good. But it's filled with surprises nonetheless. So today's sermon is based on Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. And as you may recall, The angel Gabriel announced to Elizabeth and Zechariah that they would give birth to John the Baptist. Then Gabriel speaks to Mary and says that she will be pregnant with the Messiah, Jesus. And then an angel appears to Joseph in a dream, telling him that this is true and that he is to marry Mary. And so, you know, I'm just going to start out by saying something that many of you may already know. But it is not recommended to travel when you're in your third trimester of pregnancy. Or at least I should say, if you're going to travel far in your third trimester, you need to let your doctor know. But ideally, you wouldn't travel too far away because you don't want to be too far away from your doctor because you could go into labor anytime. And so it's really important that that you go into, you know, you either stay close to your doctor or you make sure you have another one wherever you're going. For some people who are pregnant, they have an increased risk of blood clots from travel, and so they need to take breaks every now and then. For some, they travel just simply isn't an option due to complications. And yet Mary is going to have to travel nine or ten days to get to Bethlehem in her third trimester of pregnancy. Let me give you a little bit of background. You may recall that Mary is from Nazareth and Joseph is from Bethlehem. And so probably when he found out that she was pregnant and that it was the Messiah, he probably went to Nazareth to be with her during her pregnancy. But he's from Bethlehem. And here's one of the surprising parts, although this might not seem too surprising to many of us, and that is that the government wanted more money. (laughs) Of course, for them, back then, the government was really many less people were involved in the government than they are now. And the king would raise taxes at the drop of a hat in order to pay for any projects or things that he wanted done. And so, therefore, they were going to have a census of the entire area for tax purposes. Therefore, each family was to return to their hometown. Now, Joseph, of course, was... Joseph was from Bethlehem, and since he and Mary were married or at least engaged, she was considered a part of the family, and therefore they both had to go to Bethlehem. All right. Now, I can only imagine the kind of things that were going through their head when they got this news. I mean, first of all, if Mary was around 13 years of age, as is probable, and Joseph was 14 to 16 years of age, just think of these teenagers— And she's nine or eight months pregnant, having to travel a week or more. I mean, can you imagine what it would be like to travel for nine days in a car? I mean, to go somewhere where you're driving all day long for nine days straight. Even if you like driving, that's going to be exhausting. 
and that's driving in a car on a smooth road. Imagine going nine or ten days on foot or on an animal. Now, I'm told by, or I've read from a New Testament Jewish scholar that in all probability, Mary and Joseph would not have traveled to Bethlehem on their own, as we sometimes imagine, but probably they would have gone with a caravan of other people that were headed that direction. That's typically what people did back then. It was much safer than traveling alone. So it would have been slightly better. They would have had more resources with them and more support, but I don't care how many people you have. That's still a rough journey, especially at her stage in pregnancy. And I can only imagine what she's going through, what they're both going through. You know, it's like, really, God? Really, God, you called me to be pregnant with your Messiah, and now this happens? I wonder if she had some thoughts such as, I wonder if God's really in control. I wonder if God really knows what he's doing because it doesn't feel like God is really in charge here. You know, as we think about this nine-day journey, we think about how rough it had to have been and the uncertainty that they must have felt. Because she could go into labor any time. It could have been on the way. It could have been while they're there. But obviously things are not going according to plan. Things are not going according to how she would like them to go. The order and the way, I mean, you know, her life has already been upended in a way by the angel's announcement. And yes, it is a blessing, but it's also a sacrifice. And now this, you know, this is not how it's supposed to be. She was supposed to be with her family where they could support her during her pregnancy and especially childbirth. And now she's going to be far away from them. This is a journey that they both did not want to have to take. But they really had no choice. And so they set off to Bethlehem. But I doubt that this was what we would consider to be a good surprise. No, from a human perspective, this was a bad surprise. And I'm going to guess that some of the same things that they might have been feeling, we don't really know for sure, but some of the things that they might have been feeling are things that perhaps you've felt before. Maybe you know what that's like. Maybe you have been or are going on a journey in which you did not want for yourself. Maybe it's a journey that you didn't want to take. And maybe when it happened or as it's happening, you're wondering, where are you, God? Because it doesn't seem like you're working here. It doesn't seem like you're in charge. Thoughts of uncertainty and fears and doubts are only natural. I can imagine that, uh, you know, whether it's an illness or any kind of difficult surprise. Sometimes we go on journeys we don't want to take in life, and we wonder where God is. Now, of course, with Mary and Joseph, we know how the story ends, right? We know that they get to Bethlehem, and yes, it is a, a lot of hardship, but things turn out okay. But, you know, we, we so quickly want to go to the manger and silent night, but let's just stay at this point in the story right now. Let's just stay here with the uncertainty. We know that God is involved. We know that God is working behind the scenes. But sometimes that's a part of the problem. You know, it's behind the scenes and we can't always see it. Right? But God was working behind the scenes and he was working these things out for good. And I believe that when we are on journeys we don't want to take, God is still at work in our lives. God is still working behind the scenes. And God is still going to work good 
out of things that happen. Now, that being said, I do not believe that God makes bad things happen in order to bring about good things. That's not a good plan. Any kind of plan that involves suffering or death or hardship is not a good plan, right? So the ends don't always justify the means, and we don't want to make God out to be sadistic or some kind of monster. No, I don't believe that God causes us to suffer or causes bad things to happen to teach us a lesson or to have good things happen. No, but I think that when bad things happen, when we go on journeys we don't want to take, I think that God works out good in spite of of those bad things that are happening, not because of them necessarily, but in spite of them. In other words, God is determined to work out good in the midst of whatever may be going on. God is determined that his will is going to be done, even though there are many things that happen in the world that are not his will, because he's dealing with people with free will. I mean, you know, in this story, a greedy king wanted more money, and so he is making people go to their hometowns to be taxed. Did he do that because God made him? I don't believe so. I don't think God made him do that for some kind of divine plan. I, I, I think that he did it of his own free will, and God works in the midst of it and sometimes in spite of it. And, you, you know, like I said, you might be going through something that you, that you consider to be a trial, and you might not see God at work. You might wonder where God is. And what I want to tell you is that even though you might not see God, God is there. And even though God might not wish upon you what it is that you're going through, God is continuing to work in your life. And we are called to be a people of hope. We are called to be a people of stubborn hope, a stubborn kind of hope that persists even though there seems to be no reason to hope around us in what we see or we observe, a kind of hope that carries us through the difficulties of whatever it is that we're going through, a kind of hope that we are reminded of. We're reminded of the goodness of God, in the, whether it's in a church service or in nature or, or whether it's in the baptism of somebody celebrating Bailey's baptism we, as we're celebrating a baptism this Sunday in church. Whatever it is, we are called to be a people of hope, to know that just as God was working in the midst of the journey that Mary and Joseph did not want to go on, God is working in our lives also. Thanks be to God. Amen. God bless and have a great week.